This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Alex on from DX Learning, and our topic today is fantastic. It's, if leaders can't have compassion for themselves, how can they have compassion for others? And uh, Alex has been on the show before. Love him. He's just super bright and he's got a lot of wisdom, and I can't wait to see where he's going to take us with this. So, Alex, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and DX? Thanks, William, for having me part two and having me back. Appreciate that. Uh, Alex, CEO and founder of DX. DX is on a mission to wipe out bad leadership, and we're uh, doing our best to deliver, well, design and deliver the most effective leadership training that we can get our hands on. So if leaders can't have compassion for themselves, so how do we, let's start with that. How do we, how do we know, how do they know? Okay. So how do they know if they, if they, if like, if they're, if they're indexed or over indexed or under indexed on compassion for themselves? Because what I immediately think of, and it's it's a uh, it's an old cliche. It's you got to stand in front of a mirror naked, and look yourself in the mirror and say, "I love you." <laughs> right? Or or, or, or you warts, look in, you, warts and all, right? Or, or you look in the mirror, William, and and you, there's a pe- there's a couple of pieces that you like. I don't quite like that, or that needs improvement. Right. But point being, is you look in the mirror, and the reflection of what you see is a reflection of reality versus any any sort of figment of, of imagination so it's yeah right so yeah i think mean, that's so there it's a good start thanks for getting us on on a at least a metaphor to to grab a hold of so how to have compassion for yourself so, so I, let's talk about the problem that we got then right is half the problem that when we look in the mirror either there's pieces of it that we're unhappy about but we're not talking about it and or we're looking in the mirror and the reflection that we see is actually not what others see. Oh yeah, both are genius, and and uh, I would I would say the latter. For me, I would say the latter. I, I'm probably overly critical about certain things about my me and my personality, where other people don't wouldn't see that, yeah. or don't see that. So, is 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 the art of having compassion for yourself? Therefore, are we are we talking about? vulnerability here or my my ability to be that because the opposite of vulnerability is 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 fear right so courage to speak up and and be honest and open and 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 have compassion for myself to talk to myself and also to talk to my team about the reality versus the opposite of courage is fear fearing talking to yourself because i talk to myself a lot i I literally talk to myself every day and and it helps me it's like that was shit. I can't believe I did that. Are you kidding me? Why did you do that, you idiot? But in, that's exactly in, the conversations. In, it's when you start arguing with yourself. That's uh, when you know that you've gone too far. <laughs> I've heard that that's actually therapeutic, but I uh, it's it's. 
by talking, I think talk, talking, I mean, having the courage to talk and ask the questions, I think, I, I believe this is part of what we're talking about here. Because if you don't do that, you bottle it all up. You talk to no one about nothing. And we call it the stiff upper lip in the UK. Right. Uh, I'm American now, by the way. But by the way, fun, fun, fun fact from last time that we spoke, I got my citizenship and I am now a fully fledged American. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Cool. So, I, uh, so dual citizens, you can go back dual, and dual British and British and US. Ah, so, yeah. Uh, two passports. Uh, awesome. Which, is, which is, means I can just pick and choose. If I'm going to one country that doesn't like America, I'm British. <laughs> and if I go to one country that doesn't like British, I'm American. It's exactly the way that I would play it. <laughs> uh, I want to go to Cuba. British. <laughs> done. <laughs> so, uh, so that's just, yeah. Is that what this is about? The, the, is it, is there a piece to compassion, which is the, the art of, of vulnerability with both yourself and, and of course, those that you, you, you work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. I th- to me, I think being again, vulnerability, that's what was it, Brene Brown that that's, uh, said the first thing you ask for from someone else, the last thing, but it's the last thing that you give someone else. So, so yeah. I think, you know, being vulnerable with yourself and some of that's critique. Some of that's being honest. Just again, being honest with yourself about what what you did, what you said, how you felt, um, and then and then then turning that into something useful rather than something that tears you down. Uh, agreed. And as you're speaking, let's Google compassion uh, dictionary. Here we go. Let's just let's just get this as a a conversation starter. So it's compassion sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others hmm. so but but the uh, the start of this conversation was having sympathy and pity and concern for the hmm. sufferings and misfortunes of me because if i can't do that for myself isn't isn't is this the right message if i can't do it for myself if i can't have pity on myself and for my right again then how can I show that for others? It, it's it's like you're faking it, right? You're you're almost asking of others that you can't, you're not willing to do yourself. Right, right. Well, you know, and the thing is, is uh, if you we'll get to the uh, doing it for others again, you've you've got to practice. Some of this is muscle memory. Yeah. And right, you're building into like here's what I'm learning when I when I have sympathy for myself. Not, you know, you know, not, not you, you're learning, you know, it, it feels like to me, like you're being vulnerable, you're talking to yourself, you're looking in the mirror, you're doing all these things to learn about yourself so that then you can then bring that to bear with your teammates and with people that you work with that that's like, okay, here's what I'm learning about myself. You yep. can even validate that. It's like, here's what I'm learning about myself. I find myself not speaking up enough in meetings. Um, you know, do y'all see that? Like, is it, is, do I have a, a warped perception of that and getting other people to go, no, actually you, you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I, it's like body dysmorphia. Like, okay. I had that wrong. Cool. Yeah. But to that point though, how can you have <clears throat> sympathy mm-hmm. for something that you don't know That's exists? Right. That's so, right. So compassion for myself means I am being open with myself about my own, going back to the definition here, my own sufferings right. and my own misfortunes. I'm, I'm talking to myself about them. I'm cognizant of them. I am wary that they're happening. 
and and hopefully some self some self heal there and or talking to your better half or you you you, you recognize it because if you, the opposite of that is the hero mentality the invincibility yes. which is bullshit because no one's a, we don't we don't need any freaking more heroes i love i love the uh, i just wrote a blog on on this and it was do you remember mad max 3 thunderdome oh yeah of course we don't need another hero <laughs> in Thunderdome. So we, we don't. It's, it's, we've got to get rid of all this crap of heroes. and Well, it's machismo, right? Mostly yeah. this is male uh, centric that, you know, it's, it's, uh, I've got to, I've got to appear invincible uh, and, and like, again, flawless, which, you, yeah. get, you know, we do this in with politicians, but we do this with leaders in general and we, th- we want them to be perfect. And it's like, well, they're human beings. No, no one's perfect. Yeah. So it's like we've almost set them up for for failure. But I, I, I love the openness as you took this with with sympathy and pity. You took this like having a frankness or an openness with yourself, which also kind of begets a forgiveness, a layer of forgiveness. Like, okay, well, you know what? You like like you said earlier. Like, okay, I made a mistake. All right, I, you know, uh, I didn't do that well. Well, you know what? You don't wallow in it you 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 acknowledge it and go okay i could have done that better all right well i forgive you <laughs> yeah. and you move on right but the, but the recognition is that i think the key to that last yeah. sentence is the recognition yep. i i screwed up yeah and it, it's okay yeah uh and, and by doing that you're you're triggering the growth mindset of you're not always right you don't have to be always right you're not perfect you're never going to be perfect and you're just as flawless and imperfect as everyone, everyone else. And just that recognition allows you the, the, the bandwidth and the brain capacity to go, I, I, can, I can sympathize with myself. So I, I, going back to our topic of compa- you've got to have compassion for yourself in order to have compassion for others. Uh, and if you're not open to it, I think that's what we're getting at here, is if you're not open to it, open up your own little can of worms and your own imperfections and recognizing that the fact that you screw up and you, you do things wrong and, and you, you do have misfortunes and you're probably suffering because we all suffer. Yep. Then how on earth can you ask a good question of, so flipping that now to other people, right? How, right. You w- wouldn't be authentic, right? You'd be asking people, Hey, what's going on in your life and how are you doing? But it wouldn't come across as authentic and they would be probably looking Again, it's not about the words you say, it's about how you say them. And they see through that BS. It's like, oh, Alex, Alex is just doing his, his tick yeah, box. A, yeah. He's just checking off a list. He's going through yeah. the motions. But he's, you know, it's, it's almost like you could start that as a leader. You could start that with a story. It's like, I, you know, I, I made a mistake yesterday. And I recognize that I made this mistake. And I wanted to learn from it. And so I did that. And I inventoried it uh, and I forgave myself. Yeah. And, you know, like, like telling that story opens up the door for a teammate uh, or, you know, uh, some, someone that was, that you work with to then go, okay, well, if, if you're, you're admitting that you made a mistake, it's okay for me to admit that I've made a mistake. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, I think this is the crux of this conversation is, don't expect of others what you're not willing to do yourself. Right. Um, and then on that note, just here's a, a story that's happened quite recently, just to prove the point of how difficult this is. So, you know, I, I'm, I started a business seven years ago to wipe out bad leadership. Uh, 
So I, I teach this stuff. I believe this stuff. I'm a huge fan of Brené Brown, as you said at the start. I, I, I just, I, I espouse it. Um, but I was brought up in the UK with a, with a family where the stiff upper lip held dead. Don't talk about your emotions. Emotions aren't good. Just suck it up, fuzzball, and it's okay. Well, tomorrow's another day. That's how I was brought up. Um, so what I modeled in my business was invincibility and I'm a hero. Not what I not through bad intentions, just that's all of the, all that I knew. Um, and what about six weeks ago, four, five, five, six weeks ago, I was driving to work. We've, we've gone through hell as a business and, 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 and just gone through hell as a business and as a, a father um, and a husband and just a lot that we're dealing with. Uh, in fact, my, layer on top of that, my, my, my book publisher just went bankrupt. So I just lost a whole bunch of money there, but just a lot to deal with. So driving to work and I just, it body shut down, brain shut down, cold sweats, had to pull over, thought I was going to crash, just sat there like, oh my God, this is the worst feeling I've ever had. Came home, sat on the bed, all the negative thoughts, want to get divorced, want to fire everybody, close my business down, negativity everywhere. So I feel this is a extreme burnout and probably some some sort of probably 44 years of, of just dealing with shit and not not doing what we're talking about today. So I, I was just basically had a shield between all the stuff that I was dealing with. Even with my wife, she'd agreed I, I'm not good at this stuff. But it all came to a head that, you know, five weeks ago, six weeks ago when I was driving to work and just boom, shut, total shutdown. Here's the, here's, the, here's the crux of this, it's, which is on Monday, the day it happened, we had a team meeting at 10. I was like, this is really bad. Like, if I don't tell my team what I've gone through, how on earth can they help? Okay, you got to do it, Alex. 11 o'clock came by. I didn't do it. Was, again, courage versus fear. Fear. I didn't have the courage to, to, to say what I needed to say. Um, Wednesday, team meeting. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Didn't do it. I'm like, crap, I'm getting, I'm getting worse. It's just getting worse. So I sent an email on Thursday to the team just highlighting all the context of what's happened up to, up to this point with some things that I, they didn't know about in terms of my family back in the UK and just some, some, some stuff that they didn't know, which led up to me probably burning out and just having that issue. Didn't expect any replies. I think the subject matter was it's better to know than not to know. The emails I got back was, holy, I think one resonates with me immensely was Alex, I thought you were invincible. I'm like, who the hell can do with all the stuff that you deal with and not show any ounce of emotion. I thought you were some sort of, of monster um but thank you you've now just opened up the door that the fact that if you if you're not invincible then sure as hell i ain't invisible invincible so that i think that demonstrates it took me 44 years to have this right to, to have compassion for myself to to look at all the things i've gone through and realize it's it's okay there's shit that we're all all dealing with to face it to, talk to myself about it and more importantly tell, tell the others here's what i'm going through and the immediate reaction was how can I help? So that goes to how, how can we help others unless we know that they need help in the first place? Well, and, and, and you know, what I love about that story is your own struggle to then, you knew the problem. You knew, I mean, you know, obviously all this stuff, you, you, you had insight into how you got here. You, you knew the problem. It was getting over the hump of then letting other people into that, into your world into into that part of your world and uh then again great leaders back to the stuff that you know all too well great leaders that's what they do they let people into their world and they, they, there is no this uh this idea that they walk on water 
you know, they're, they're trusting, they, they, they trust themselves, they're, they're confident in, their, in themselves. And even in moments where they're not confident, they'll actually acknowledge that they're not confident, yep. which is confidence. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's your Brady Brown courage, right? The courage right. that I am, it's this, I don't have all the answers. No. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm just as human as you guys are. Uh, let's, let's work on this together. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the, but I think that's the change that we're seeing out there and, um, in your industry, especially we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're leaving whatever you want to call it, resignation, quit, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Who cares? We, yeah. we are realizing the things that we want more of and we don't I think we've all had this, this uh, compassion for myself. I, I now know what I want. I know what I value. And if my boss and or organization doesn't, doesn't match my values, well, I'm out of here. So, you know, and humanness, is, I think, is part of what we expect in organizations now. So I want my boss to be vulnerable. I want my boss to, sh- to have compassion for me. I want my boss to treat me as the human that I am and also to be human, human themselves. I think, I think you're spot on with, on the, from a candidate's perspective. I think employees too, so we can deal with both of them. Uh, but candidates, you know, you, you, you don't know the company. You're not there. So you're, you're applying for a job, you get a bunch of interviews, you go through the process. What are things that they should be asking? Like if we could wave a magic wand, like, you know, what, what, what are questions? You know, we'll just go deal with some of your employees, uh, candidates that, are, that you're going to hire. What, what should I be asking of you as yeah. it relates to this? You know, that's an awesome question. So if, if I was going back 20 years or so, <clears throat> Uh, just and I'm I'm looking at my first job or maybe second job and I'm sitting there with the recruiter and or the the, the manager whoever I'm going to work for my my one question would be this because I wish I'd asked this question 22 22 years ago um, look I know that culture basically for all intents purposes is a mirror of leadership and leadership is really how leaders think and behave um, so tell me tell me about tell me about your culture through the lens of, of my first boss, how am I going to be treated and, and, and walk me through what that feels like? I love that. Yeah. And I, I, I would, I, I, you know, I'd probably ask questions like what mistakes have they made? Hmm. You know, like, you know, I wanna, cause if yeah. you can't tell me about one of your leaders mistakes, yeah. then either you don't know, which is like, that could be true or it's not been communicated. Yeah. And we've already at Houston, we already have a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It, you, yeah. You got, you got to look, people, we leave, we leave bosses. We don't leave organizations. We, we, right. we join the company for the allure of that company, whatever that is. Right. Um, but of course your experience as in the company is your boss. So it's, it's, so tell me about my boss. Tell me about, you know, what, what are you doing as an organization to ensure that they are, are leading in a way in which you're telling me about the culture of your, you have these values and behaviors. How do I know that my first boss will lead like this? Cause that's what you're telling me, but what, what, how do I know? I want examples. I want examples of sympathy, of pity, of, I want examples of vulnerability. I want examples of trusting and compassion. I want to, I want examples of these things. So in real terms, you want me to be a react developer. Got it. No, you know, test me. We'll figure all that stuff out. We'll, we'll agree on money. Okay, done. Got it. Uh, I'll work remotely in Montana. Got it. Done. 
however, before we before we sign on the dotted line, there's some things that I care about. Yeah. And it's like we almost need to build, I don't know, manifest those too too strong of a language, but it's almost like a the list of questions that candidates should be asking of leaders. Yep. And it's not of leaders, it's of their actions that yes. are represented by leaders. I I so <clears throat> listeners especially those in, in the candidate section looking for a job or on LinkedIn looking for a job because their boss sucks right now, <laughs> uh, which is a lot of us yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. start to write. So to, to William's point, you know, I, I think this is the, what I personally did two and a half years ago is I reevaluated what I value. I, I value my family. I value home time. And, and I've changed a lot of myself, both as a, as a leader of my organization and myself to, to realign myself to my family, but write down on a piece of paper what you value. And, and then how you, in order for that value to be lived, if what would your boss have to do? The behaviors or to your point, actions that if you value vulnerability or you value work uh, uh, flexibility, therefore, what does your boss have to do? They have to trust you. If you value flexibility, you want a hybrid environment or work from home, well, what's the boss gonna have to do to do that trust? Mm-hmm. I want to be interested. Now tell me how my first boss is going to trust me. So just it, write down what you value, write down, link that to specific actions that you would need from a, your b- first boss or the manager in order for that to happen. And then think of a question you could ask to, to test whether that indeed is going to be lived out in the company that you're, you're interviewing with. Yeah, I love that because it's the expression. You know, how is this expressed? You know, give me some examples of how this is expressed. These, you know, again, you can pick anything that's important to you. Again, getting back to your values, and and at that particular moment, if if what you value uh, as as you as you age or as you change or different life circumstances, etc., you what you value might change. Okay, yep. cool. Well, you're going to be doing those inventories and reflections. So as that happens, and you're looking at jobs, you're going to want to put yourself in more of a situation uh, where you're going to thrive and you're going to thrive with people that, that already can have a shared values. Yep. Agreed. So last, last question. And then, uh, you know, as, as for this, for this particular podcast, last question, um, how are you, how are you seeing this, you know, play out with the people that in training, you know, like, and we not not names or anything like that. Yeah. But like, as you're going into a company, and you're talking to them about vulnerability or compassion or empathy or sympathy, etc. How are they receiving that now? I, uh, it's a slow and arduous process <laughs> to go from where we were two and a half years ago, pre-pandemic, yeah. which is. <clears throat> we are a results only uh, country, right? right? So command right. and control, get results, shareholders come first. And I, I know it's a sweeping generalization, but for all intents and yeah. purposes, trust me, I've worked with hundreds of companies. The result beat the people. Right. Um, we are seeing, thank you to the young people, thank you young people listening, we are seeing them tell us that that is not cool anymore. Right. So it, it, it's we haven't changed. We haven't had. We, we're, we're, I'm seeing more, more desire, more, more want to to look at the soft, which I think soft is a new hard, but 
regardless of that, the softer skills, compassion, like what I did with my team, just, mm-hmm. just the, amazing. I'm like, damn, I can't believe it took me 44 years to do this. But it's, it's we're seeing more of it. And we're seeing, and I'm seeing people who are more entrenched, got more gray hair than you and I, start to understand that, holy crap, that my, my, the way I have led people is not working as much as it used to. So there's both, that there's a recognition of, of change, not everywhere, but I'm seeing it. So it's, it's slow and we're, we're getting there. And, and especially younger companies are already putting empathy as a value of theirs and, and expecting their leaders to demonstrate it. Some of the older companies, of course, the large Fortune 500, it takes years to change them. But there's, there's, uh, there's change in the air. There really is. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I want to get your take on this because I've said this uh, publicly, so you tear it apart. But I, I think people that want to go back to December of 19 and that return to the office type of mentality, command and control, and I got to see you in order to know that you're working, et cetera. I think that's a tell of a bad manager. <laughs> like, I think, I think you've already telling me that you, you're not, you're, you're, you're not a good manager. Yeah. It's, you're just, you're just not saying it. You're just saying, <laughs> no, no. And they're, they're packaging it in, in really clever ways. It's like, Oh no, the soft skills, you know, you're, you're going to get that through zoom. It's a collaboration. There's creativity. There's positive reinforcement, et cetera, et cetera. But, but really all that stuff is window dressing for, we just want you back in the office. Yeah. Uh, one example of that is Netflix, right? So you're coming back to work five days a week and uh, look what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This, this is when you're, this is, a, again, you use, you use the phrase used to, you know, our leadership, the way it used to work, it used to work. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it worked then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might be wrong. But we, did, but we didn't know any better. So, the, so again, there you go. There you for go. change to happen, you got to know that you need to change. And most of us just came to work nine to five, five days a week. Yeah, and that was, yeah, that was just it. Punch it, like, it in. Yeah, it made sense. Yeah. Well, now it's like, well, that, but then we've opened up Pandora's box. And I think that, uh-huh. that, that I hate to say, it, is the silver lining of what's happened over the last yep. couple of years is we didn't know what we didn't know. We now yeah. know. And um, a lot of us are having an enlightening experience to which we're not willing to go back. And that's okay. So change or die. That's right. That's right. Drops Mike walks off stage. Alex, thank you so much uh, for your time and wisdom. Uh, always a pleasure, William. Uh, thanks for having me and all of you out there. Good luck and uh, have some compassion for yourself. Absolutely. And thanks for listening to Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.